Welcome to Day by Day Insights, where we share stories and bring joy via honest and down-to-earth discussions. We are your hosts, Lachelle Marlowe and Femi Onamusi. Join us as we explore real issues that affect everyday people in short but exciting episodes every Wednesday. Giving up is always an option, but not always a failure. That was a quote by Cameron Conaway. That's amazing. So today we're going to be talking about how to quit. Ooh. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome, welcome to Day by Day Insights Podcast. We're really excited about getting stuck into this amazing and probably a little bit controversial topic. Indeed. Yeah, I say controversial because when you think of the notion of quitting, there's all kinds of negative things surrounding that particular very short but very powerful word. And, and we've always grown up with the concept that you don't give up, you never quit, you, you have to keep going at all odds, at all costs. So the idea of quitting is, is almost like it's a no-no. Absolutely. And I, I mean to tell you, the number of times that I've just sheerly burned myself out trying to live up to what is an impossible standard. Mm. And it's just so unhealthy on the body, on the mind, spirituality, whatever you define that as. It is just something that really can't be measured in meaningful ways. But why is it that we find ourselves almost drawn like a fly to a flame mm-hmm. to doing something that our bodies were not designed to do? Yeah, well, because we, we started and we feel like we mustn't give up. Absolutely. And, and I think that this is one of the reasons why today's topic is particularly um, interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I read a book uh, called The Emotionally Healthy Woman. Um, and it had eight things that you need to quit. And I remember really struggling with that idea. And uh, what we're going to be talking about today are some of the le- lessons from, from that um, about things that we can possibly quit. And I think we can't possibly cover all of that in one podcast. No. So maybe in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, we'll probably revisit this and, and think about other things to, to quit as well. Absolutely. That sounds like a perfect strategy. Yay. Wonderful. Okay. So what do we want to start with? What's the most... Uh, what's the biggest thing that you feel, Michelle, that if you would, if you were able to, you would want to stop doing? You want to quit right now. What would it be? Being afraid of what others think. Oh my days. That is like, hmm. I have to tell you that has plagued my existence. I think nearly from the womb. Probably even in the womb when I was walking around in my mom's, you know, (laughs) belly, probably stressing out about what the other small humans might be up to. Mm. Um, It is constantly something and I think it's perceived and it could be real. But I guess, you know, stepping back over the last, you know, few weeks thinking about this is where is their value? Mm. Is there any truth and looking at is it making any difference to what I'm trying to do in life? Mm. But it is definitely something that's been very paralyzing. Mm. Gina, I completely agree with that. Uh, and I think that uh, the, the biggest challenge actually is when you think you don't care what others think, mm. but you actually do. Um, and I'm, I'm, I think I'm an example of that. I've always operated under the notion that I don't really care what others think. 
but actually it took some time for me to recognize that I did. Mm. I did think about what other people thought. I did allow what other people thought about me or about things I did to influence the things that I did. And I think for me, that was a big eye-opening moment to realize that and then ask myself, what am I going to do about this? And it's never, I haven't found it to be something that you completely get over. Mm. But once you're aware that I need to do this, then you're more conscious, you make more conscious um, efforts and more conscious attempts to rein yourself back in. So uh, for me, it was very empowering when I decided I'm going to quit being afraid of what others think, Mm. meaning that not that I wouldn't care what others think, I still do care. And I think that's actually really important. We, We have people in our lives that are important to us and it's important for us to be able to know that we can listen to people and you know people can talk to us i listen to you i listen to my husband listen to my parents listen to you know people who have a strong impact on my lives i listen to them but i'm not afraid of what they think and i think that's the difference um we shouldn't be afraid of what they think and that's certainly shouldn't be what uh, drives our actions. Absolutely. And, you know, you just hit on one of my favorite, um, like, sayings, perfect love cast out all fear. Mm. And when I think of that, it just helps me think, drill down a little deeper. Why are we so afraid? Mm. What are we afraid of? How will, you know, incorporating some of that feedback help or hinder us. Mm. And that reminds me of an amazing topic you did a couple of weeks ago on your YouTube channel. Oh, yes, yes. You know, and and I have... Mind the gap. Yes, mind the gap. And I have to say, I will confess, um, I I listened to it several times. I watched it. Did you? I did. Tell me. I didn't know that. Of course I didn't. (laughs) I I did my little comments, but, you know, but it it just... It hit me to the core and I, I cried. I cried mm-hmm. because people can be hurtful, whether mm-hmm. it's intentionally or not, sometimes with how they come across to you, how they share messaging. So I think, yes, we need to be responsible for how we allow people's words and how they influence us to affect us. Mm-hmm. But I think we as communicators need to be very important in how we convey um, the messaging. I had a, a, a cultural communications teacher years ago um, who said it is the responsibility of the individual conveying a message to make sure you deliver it in a way that maximizes um, it being re- uh, received well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really important that yes, we don't have to be afraid, mm-hmm. but we need to be accountable for our words because they're very powerful and accountable for how our actions impact on others. Hmm. That is powerful. So I guess my question to you is with everything you said, how can you quit being afraid of what others think? How exactly can you move from that Right now, it's paralyzing using your words from earlier. What practical one step could you take to say, yeah, I'm going to stop being afraid of what what other people think? I think 
personally mm -hmm. keeping myself surrounded with not yes people, people who will tell me what they want, but people who don't want to do me harm. Mm -hmm. So if there are any toxic people in my life, yeah. I do a Beyonce, to the left, to the left, <laughs> they got to go. <laughs> Sayonara, mm -hmm. hasta luego, baby. They just have to go because mm -hmm. I can't have, it's not that you don't want constructive criticism coming from a, a place of love because mm -hmm. that's how you challenge, that's how you grow mm -hmm. when there's areas or gaps mm -hmm. that need to be appreciated, understood, um, and maybe incorporated to become the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you have people and that, and I'm not saying anyone is purposely hurtful, but there's a saying that I always heard, and I'm always coming up with these sayings, mm -hmm. um, hurting people hurt, hurt other others. people. If you're coming from a place of hurt and pain, then mm -hmm. how can you operate from a place of appreciation? Mm -hmm. You know, cause that's your reality until you decide, or you have the capacity to change that. Yep. So yep. toxicity, you gotta go. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like that. And I, I actually asked that as a genuine question because I thought it was it's important for anyone listening to this to be able to separate between caring about what people think and mm. um, what actually is important yeah. and actually stop being afraid of what other people think. So yeah. um, I think that one is the um, not being driven by fear. If mm -hmm. I were to paraphrase what you said, uh, don't be driven by fear. And where you see fear as a factor, then pause yes. and actually start asking yourself a question. Say, this is not healthy. Mm. If you have a genuinely healthy appreciation for people around you and caring about what they've said, then that's good. But where it's a paralyzing kind of, <gasps> oh, you know, mm. then, then there's something really wrong with that. And you need to evaluate why that is happening. Um, do you need to step up in your confidence or do you need to remove that particular person or people or group of people from your life? But let's not blame the people. We need to work on ourselves so that we're not exercising fear. Absolutely. Okay, cool. You guys see what Fumi just did? She has a PhD in summarization. I just, I, I wasn't going to do That's that. Not a real degree, Lish. <laughs> well, it is, it, it is in, in my university of life. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. What else do we want to quit, Lachelle? We want to quit. I would say the next area that I think would be quite beneficial to explore is over-functioning. Oh boy. I tell you all day, every day. I think that that uh, if you're not, not to be sexist or anything, mm -hmm. but I think that that is something that is very applicable to women. Definitely, uh, we have, and this I think this is possibly because of how life has sort of panned out. Women tend to multitask or multitask. Mm. We we do lots of many different things, and it's almost like a badge of honor to be able to say. I'm doing this, I'm tidying the house, I'm do doing that, I'm doing that, I'm doing that. Um, but sometimes we need to actually ask ourselves how efficient or effective are the things that we're doing um, to what end. And mm. I, I've, I've been guilty of this sometimes where I am absolutely knackered, but I feel like 
it's got to be me. Yeah, you got to keep I going. I have to go to Bible study. I have to do my book reading. I have to do uh, my essay and write my blog. Then I have to join this um, uh, meeting. And then I have to do this reading with the children. And even when my husband says, okay, um, you don't have to do that. Or let me step in to help you. I'm like, no, no, no. I have to do it. Girl, I'm tired just listening to your to-do list. <laughs> But I'm guilty of it too. And I, I have to say, I think I single-handedly operated for about two decades in that mode. And I'm surprised I don't have uh, direct stock options in Miss Clarol for, for, for dealing with the gray matter. Because I mean to tell you, and, and what, what it interests me the most about this is, yeah, I know historically the most, and we even have have sayings like, oh, women can multitask, men can't multitask. So I think it's a narrative, an mm. internal dialogue. And I, I would dare to say a limiting self-belief we put on ourselves. We have to be super women. Mm. I'm a part of this network called One of Many. Mm. Um, uh, Dr. Joanne Martin. Joanne Martin, massive, massive big ups to her and the team mm. about they have these different archetypes. Mm. And one of the archetypes is operating in superwoman mm. where you can easily, you know, go in victim mode in one side of the 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 strata and to the other excuse my french bitch mode mm. and 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 it's really hard to get that balance right because when you're over functioning you're constantly calling yourself to mentally physically psychologically just be sprayed all over the self mm. and that who, who when you think about as women being called to serve being called to look after yourself self-care Who's being served when we're constantly mm. operating from that position? Uh, no, no one. No yeah. one is. Yeah. And and I think this is why this is an important one to say. Quit over functioning is beneficial for your mental, emotional well-being and your physical well-being. Yeah. Uh, we my my last YouTube video, uh, I did an episode on how well do people know me, and oh, yeah. um, one of the questions I asked. I failed that one. <laughs> Did you feel that one? No, I didn't, uh, but I was very you, upset that I was I was ranked the, the as five. Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> one of the questions, stop distracting Michelle. One of the questions was, what do I love doing the most? Mm. And this was a, you know, some people think it was a trick question because I, I wrote things like, I love entertaining. A lot of my family and friends say, you know, we have no idea how you do it because is so much effort entertaining mm. and I actually genuinely love doing that but I came to a point of realization that actually I want to be able to do what I feel like doing you know mm. that there, there, there are some benefits with being an adult if I want to rest and relax mm. then I'm going to do that so I have actually been doing a lot oh, of chilling and relaxing and you know I just put my feet up say okay no I don't want to do this um the house is tidy. I don't want to do a big meal. We're all going to have a sandwich. You know, I am not, I'm going to be taking care of my mental and emotional well-being and my physical well-being. Meaning when I feel like resting, everything is then sort of fashioned around that mm. with clear communication with, you know, with my family, which now means that my best thing that, you know, now at almost 40, I'm only really recognizing how to relax mm. and how to chill. And, you know, the answer to the question of what I love doing the most was chilling and relaxing. 
because it's almost like I've just discovered like the best thing since sliced bread. Like, oh yes! Wow, I can actually chill and relax. So yes, quit over functioning. It's great if you can do that because there are multiple benefits um, um, for yourself. Is there any other reason why you think over functioning is negative or why what, what the benefits are to to actually stop doing that you know so if you had someone who said yeah but i enjoy being the superwoman you know what would you say to that first of all no judgment everyone mm -hmm. has to walk and assess their own path absolutely and and when i think about that my retort to that i was listening in in a bit of a master class last night uh to to an awesome cat by the name of james wedmore uh, who is like a coach's coach for online um course creations oh yeah the one yeah, yeah. he told me about yeah really insightful but he said something that just just it was just like a drop the mic moment for me um, when you roll down things and you're prioritizing and, oh, I'm so busy, da 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 da, da something he said, usually 5% of what you do is in direct correlation to the results that you want to attain. So mm. a lot of this stuff is busy work. And I was like, what are you talking about? Mm. All of the stuff that I have is very important. How very <laughs> dare you? You know, but after that 30 seconds of, mm. I did a bit of self-reflection. I said, you know what? When I do decide to set a goal, mm. a lot of the stuff that I get up to has nothing whatsoever to do with achieving a set outcome, mm. you know. Now, that doesn't mean you have to, everything has to be measured, everything, because life isn't always like that. Sometimes life is in the gray lines. That's mm. where the beauty emerges. But only 5% many of the times when I thought about that and I impacted, I said, wow. So a lot of this over-functioning and busyness is because of maybe circumstances, doing things uh, a same way. You know, what did Albert Einstein say? The definition of insanity is thinking you're going to get a different result like by doing the same thing, thing over and over again. Yeah. And so I think sometimes it's useful to step back and say, Am I playing to my strengths? Mm. Is what I'm focusing on going to achieve what I want it to achieve? Or is it okay? So maybe just having that internal dialogue um, will help you make the determination to say, how do I value myself and how do I value my time and the things that I contribute my time to? That's a very good point. That's a good point. So I think on that point, let's move yeah. on to the other thing that we we can quit. Yeah. Um, I love this one. Quit denying anger, sadness, and fear. Oh, child! Now this is the the the, <laughs> the church of quitting. Hallelujah. <laughs> this this is this is a very, I mean, this is a deep one, right? Yeah. Because uh, this is the one area that we like to hide the most. Mm. And I say we. I don't mean any gender. I don't mean any age. But I think most people want to show. A certain level of emotional superiority emotional intelligence mm. and we feel that being in control mm. all the time is a classic picture of us being um, emotionally advanced so mm. don't be too sad don't show your anger be always prim and proper don't uh, don't be sad you know all of these things and people have a certain expectation of how 
how sad you should be. Mm. Uh, you know, classic example for me, and I think I probably fell into that category of people who went to the finishing school of being prim and proper. Even if you're angry, only do it, you know, behind closed doors, mm. you know, shouts behind closed doors in your bedroom. You know, if you're sad, smile, show a smiley face when you're in a crowd. Mm. Only show that you're sad behind the doors. And um, my dad, as you know, uh, passed away uh, um, six and a half years ago. Wow. Yeah. And it was a it was a low time for me. And for a couple of years after that. And I think the biggest struggle I had with coping with the loss mm. was the support that I didn't get um, for, in terms of how I dealt with my pain. People expected me to have snapped out of it after two weeks. And when I was looking, if I fell down or sad, people would be like, what's wrong? Or, or why, why are you sad? Or be happy, he's in heaven now. And all of those things. And it none of it was anything i wanted to hear and mm. i think that was the lowest point for me and as an individual who felt in control because i had all of these feelings that i felt like i had to bottle it in mm. and i didn't feel like i could quit you know, um, denying those things. I felt like I had to pretend to be okay, but I wasn't okay. Mm. You know, Fumi, my, my first instinct, we've talked about, you know, different iterations of this and that time um, for you. Uh, it's probably a good thing that I didn't know any specific people because I am fiercely... <laughs> fiercely protective of this amazing lady and I probably would have punched them in her nose <laughs> but you know all joking aside I think you articulated the heart space of why we need to have more emotional intelligence understand the language our our love languages and also understand how we process major transitions and loss in our lives um you know it's interesting that you know one of your examples is go to your room and bottle up and be quiet keep it to yourself is our children grow up very little you know some we know emotions like sad happy but there is a range of different ones and you need to know that sometimes heartbreak Mm. and and sadness and deep senses of loss Mm. are a part of life and we need to be able to you know incorporate that and sit with these different emotions so we can be healthy and we can Mm. offer understanding to ourselves and kindness i just very briefly went on this online mindfulness course with annie stoker from one of many and you know one of the topics over i think it was a six-week thing was sitting with your emotions letting them just sit there with them, being okay. Because a lot of times you can't change the outcome or the circumstance. Unfortunately, you couldn't bring your amazing dad back. But just allowing yourself, who on earth has the right to tell you how long you can grieve? And I know people are trying to be helpful. Fail, that is not helpful. But you've learned to process it. Exactly. And that's why we also have a part to to play. Because once we quit denying it, when those people come with their 
unhelpful helpfulness, we can actually own that emotion and say, actually, no, I'm not okay. Mm. No, I'm sad right now. And you said something about our children. And from the moment I learned that it was okay to, to quit denying these things, I'm now more in tune with owning those emotions. So yes. my now eight-year-old, you know, will see me looking, you know, a bit cross with, with and he, he, you know, he says, oh, are you okay, mommy? And my answer before was always fine. And now I go, um, actually, no, I'm not okay. Is everything okay, mommy? No, I'm a little sad. Mm. And then he comes and gives me a cuddle. Or I'm a little upset. Or I just need to be by myself now. Um, at work with everything that's going on with the Black Lives Matter and George Floyd, a colleague, you know, asked me the other day and said, how are you? I would always say fine because this is work. Mm. But that day I responded to actually, I'm not good. Mm. I'm not well. I'm not happy. You know, I'm, I'm angry. And he said, why? And then I told him, this is how the events happening in the US, this is how it's affecting me. Wow. I would never have done that if I didn't feel it was okay to quit denying those emotions that I felt at that point in time. I, you know, I am blown away by even, yes, we're presenting on this topic, but so many amazing take-homes for me. Mm -hmm. um, and our, I think it expresses our maturity and our humanity mm -hmm. by allowing ourselves to fully embrace the range of emotions. And it's not about reaching a destination. Yeah. It's the journey of discovering our true selves and being authentic yeah. to how we feel and our voices. And I, I love that because then it opens up and facilitates a conversation. Absolutely. And that's all that relationship building is. Yeah. Building relationships and having meaningful conversations and being authentic. Absolutely. And I don't think I can or want to add anything to what you've said. So I think that this is a good place for us to end this particular um, podcast. But having said that, I really feel like we should come back to this topic and, and discuss more things to quit. But it'll be good to see interaction and what people think. And then we'll probably visit in a few weeks and, and talk about other things that we think um we, we feel sh people should learn how yes. to. Yes. So put in the comments or, you know, link with us on Instagram, the day by day insights mm. and tell us how you feel. How are you going to show up and how are you going to quit? We would love to have that engagement yeah. and to see um, where you're having value in engaging with this topic matter. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, thank you for listening to us have a natter about yes. this topic. Um, if you've enjoyed it, like Lachelle said, please like, subscribe, comment, you know, do all the gizmos that uh, people do. <laughs> but thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, review and share.